Welcome to Jewish Bedtime Stories with R&R. Today we are reading the Purim story, part 4. Then everyone knew that Ahasuerus could get angry very easily and do terrible things. If he married Esther and got angry at her, he might punish not only her, but all the Jewish people. Another reason that Mordechai was worried was that if the Yidin would know that there was a Jewish woman in the palace, he might start to trust in her and not dive in with all their hearts to Hashem. They might say, you don't have to worry anymore about being gullous. If you have any problems, we'll just tell Esther she will be able to take care of everything. So Esther did not tell. Imagine how hard it was for Esther to be in the palace. The Yidin, who went there to the party for one day, had made up their minds not to eat anything, but were tempted once they got there. Esther was in the palace a whole year, with so many temptations all around her. People were always eating the most delicious cakes and drinking the best wines. They were always having parties. They did not dress or ask in a sneastic way. Esther was the only one who was different. People were always after her to join in all the fun. Come, have a good time with us. Why do you always stay by yourself? You are so out of style. Esther was from the children of Sarah Imenu, the same way that Sarah did not pay any attention to any of the things in the palace of Paro. Esther did not pay attention to any of the things in the palace of Ahasuerosh. That was very hard to do. Only a tzaddikess like Esther could have lived in such a place and not learn the ways of everyone around her. Esther told Haggai that she only wanted one thing from him. She wanted to have seeds brought to her every day for food. Since there is no Shilohan seeds, she knew she could eat them. Haggai answered, I cannot do that. If that is all you're going to eat, you will get very skinny, weak, and pale. The king will get angry at me for not taking care of you, and I will be punished. Don't worry, Esther told him, nothing will happen to me. Just do as I say, and don't eat me any other food. Then Esther was given seven girls to serve her. Esther allowed only one girl to come each day. She gave them each a name of one day in the week and they worked only on the day of their name. The seventh girl was named for Shabbos. When the Shabbos girl came to work, Esther knew it was time for her to stop all work and rest. Every day, Mordecai would come to the courtyard so Esther could ask, ask him any Shilohs she might have. Finally, the day came for Esther to be presented to the king. Esther did not ask for anything, nor did she make any attempt to make herself beautiful. As soon as Ahasuerus saw her, he knew he had found his new queen. He himself placed the crown of the queen on her head and sat her on the second throne. This time he did not ask advice from anybody. He had the pictures of Vashti taken off the wall and had a picture of Esther carved in that place. Ahasuerus was now happy. So what do you think he did? You guessed it. He made a party and called it the party of Esther. He was more careful this time to plan the party because he remembered what had happened at the last party five years before. 
Haggai told all the people that Ahasuerus had made a very wise choice. In all the years that I have been working here in the palace, I have met thousands of women, but I have never met anyone who comes even close to Esther Hamalka. One day, when Esther was speaking to the king, she said, Why don't you pick a wise and honest man from the Jewish people to guard your gates like a Nebuchadnezzar did? Why do you ask that? answered Ahasuerus. Don't my advisors and officers suit you? Well, I'm a bit nervous, said Esther. After all, it was your advisors who told you to kill Vashti. It is true that you got rid of them now. You have a new man in charge, but who can be sure that these are any better than those were? That is true, said Ahasuerus. Perhaps you can suggest someone you know about for the job. Personally, I would choose Mordechai Yehudi, answered Esther. There is nobody more suitable in your entire kingdom. Ahasuerus listened to Esther, and Mordechai was picked to guard the gates of the king. Of course, Esther was very happy because she could see Mordechai every day, and Mordechai was happy that he could now watch over Esther. But there were two people who were most unhappy. They were the guards that Ahasuerus got rid of when he picked Mordechai. One was Big Son and one was Sarash. Don't mix him up with the wife of Haman, Zarash. Big Son and Sarash spoke a very strange language that no one in Shushan knew. Let's get even with the king, the first one said. We can put poison in his wine. So we can, then everyone will know the truth. When Big Son and Sarash guarded the king, he was always safe. But now that he put this Jew, Mordechai, in charge, someone goes and put poison in the wine of the king. As they were talking, Big Son noticed Mordechai sitting there listening. We're finished, said Big Son. We heard her. He heard our plans, and he will surely tell us. Don't be silly. We were talking our own language. He can hear all he wants, but he doesn't understand one word. We're perfectly safe. If you're really still worried, we can bribe him with money to keep quiet, just to be sure. I guess you really don't know anything about the Jewish people and their tzaddikim, said Big Son. If you offered Mordechai your whole house filled with gold and silver, you can never bribe him to do an avira. Big Son was right, and Sarish was wrong. You see, Mordechai was one of the Chamim who was a judge on the Sanhedrin, and he knew 70 languages. He understood every word all too well. He immediately sent a message to Esther, who sent a message to the king in the name of Mordechai, not to drink anything he was not sure about. When Ahasuerus woke up after one of his parties, he called for a glass of cold water. Big Son and Sarosh quickly filled a golden cup with water and dumped in the poison. They brought it to Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus said, pour the water on the floor. Your majesty would not want to do that, they answered. This water is so pure, clear, and delicious. It would be a pity to waste it. I just love to watch clear water make a stream on the floor, said Ahasuerus. Pour the water on the floor. Big Son and Sarosh had no choice. They poured the water on the floor. One of Ahasuerus's dogs came in and lapped up the water. The dog immediately fell to the floor. The evil plan of Vixen and Sarash was now seen by everyone. Ahasuerus got rid of the two of them as fast as he could. Do you know how Haman became so important in Sushan? In a small town lived a poor barber, his wife and their ten sons. They had lived there for 22 years. Finally, the barber decided that he could no longer find enough food to feed his family. He decided to have to move to the big city of Shushan. 
and maybe there he would be able to earn more money. So the whole family took their few belongings and started out on the road. They found the treasure. This is my chance, thought the barber, whose name was Haman. He went out and bought uniforms for his ten sons. They marched before him as ten important officers. And when Haman arrived in Shushan, he pretended to be a very important man. He bought himself a big house with gardens and orchards. Now the one thing Haman could do best is talk. He was the greatest teller of Lashon Hara. <gasps> That's really bad. He knew how to talk people into doing anything he wanted. He started trying to be friendly and helpful to the rich and important people. He got himself more and more friends. Finally, he got himself an invitation to the palace of Ahasuerus, which was exactly what he wanted. He worked very hard to make a good impression on Ahasuerus, and that is what he did. Ahasuerus chose him to be one of his officers. Haman worked hard making up stories to tell about other people so he could make Ahasuerus happy. Finally, Ahasuerus made him a high bima with a throne where Haman sat. Haman was very happy that he was able to get himself from a poor barber to one of the most important people in Shushan. He pinned an idol, took his coat, and insisted that everyone bow down to him. He tried to make himself into an Avodazara. An Avodazara is an idol, and you're not allowed to bow down to that. It's like serving another person that's not Hashem, and that is a very, very, very bad thing. One day, when Hashem, when Haman was walking in the courtyard, he noticed Mordechai sitting there. Suddenly, Haman got very nervous. Could this be the same man who had sold himself to as a slave many years ago in order to get food? Yes, Haman was sure it was that same man. But then he thought to himself, surely he will not recognize me. After all, then I was so poor, with torn clothes and starving. Now I have beautiful, rich clothing, and I am much fatter. But then Haman wasn't so sure. I know what I'll do, thought Haman. I will walk in front of him. If he bows down to me, I will know for sure he doesn't recognize me. This is what Haman did. He walked right in front of Mordechai. But Mordechai did not move. Haman commanded, Stand up! Don't you know that everyone must bow down to Haman? Mordechai just stuck out his shoe on the bottom, was written with the blood of Haman. I am a servant of Mordechai forever. Haman was so furious, he didn't know what to do. Here he made himself into such a rich and important person, and now Mordechai would go and tell everyone that he was really just a poor barber. When Ahasuerus would hear about it, he would surely throw him out. Everyone in town would laugh and make fun of him. He would not allow Mordechai to do this to him. He must get rid of him immediately. All Haman could think about was Mordechai, and every time he thought about him, he hated him more. At first, he decided to get rid of Mordechai, but when a person hates, he starts to do things that make no sense. Haman decided that he was going to get rid of all the Yidin. Haman went home and called one of his sons. Bring me a special dye, said Haman. I have to figure out the best day to get rid of the Yidin. He threw the dice, and they fell on the 13th day of Adar. Perfect, said Haman. Now I know my plan will work. The Yidin have no Yom Tovim in that month and it is an unlucky month for them because that month their leader, Moshe, died. Now, all I have to do is get permission from Ahasuerus. That should not be too hard. I can talk to him into anything. So off he went with his plan to Ahasuerus. You know, Haman began, there is one group of people in your kingdom that just doesn't fit. They do not follow our customs. They do not obey the laws of the king. They have their own Torah that they follow, and they make fun of our Avodah Zarah. It would be best for you to get rid of all these Jews. 
I am willing to pay you 10,000 pieces of silver to do the job. I agree with you, answered Achashverosh, that it would be a good idea for me to get rid of them. But I am certainly not starting up with them. Remember what Hashem did to Paro? I don't want to drown in any oceans. What about what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Hashem always punishes those who start up with the Yidid. Not I. Forget it. You have nothing to worry about, said Haman. That was only when the Jews kept the Torah and had the Bisa Mikdash. Now Hashem is angry with them and won't help them anymore. This is really the best time to get rid of them. Haman kept talking and talking. Finally, Achashverosh said, I don't want your money, but here is my ring to stamp any letters you want to send. So do whatever you want. He immediately sent out letters to all the countries in the kingdom of Achashverosh. In the letter, Haman wrote, There is living among us a very dangerous people who do not listen to our king, and they say only the king is Hashem. Just look at what they did to the poor Paro, the king of Nitzrayim. After all, Paro was so good to them and let them come live in his land. When there was a hunger, they sneaked out of Mitzrayim. They said there was only going for three days, and they borrowed all the money from Mitzrayim. Then they ran away. The man Moshe went and did magic. All the mighty soldiers of Mitzrayim drowned with their horses. And then they went and started up with my grandfather Amalek for no reason. Next, they killed the great kings of Sihon and Og. Finally, they came to Eretz Yisrael and fought with the 31 great kings who lived there. They took away their land and made it their own. They had a king, David, who started up with everybody. Finally, even Hashem got angry at them and sent Nebuchadnezzar to burn down their Beis HaMikdash and take them into Galas. Even Hashem doesn't want anything to do with them anymore. So now it's our chance to get rid of them once and for all from the face of the earth. It's not true. Hashem never leaves the Yadin. Everyone shall prepare for the 13th day of Adar. On that day, we shall kill all the Jews and steal all their money and belongings. Haman stamped the letters with the seal and on the ring of Ahasuerus. He sent the rumors out to deliver the letters to all 127 provinces. Then he immediately made a party for Ahasuerus and himself. He wanted the king to be at that party so that if anyone came to look for him, to try to get him to change his mind about this terrible plan, they would not be able to find him. Haman walked out the next day in the street, very happy with himself. There he saw Mordecai running after three little children on their way and he played out. What did you learn today? asked Mordecai. I learned that a person should never be afraid of the Rishonim, said the first. I learned that the Rishon make bad plans against the Yidin, but Hashem changes them around so that we are saved and the Rishon are punished, said the second. I learned that a person should always trust Hashem and Hashem will save them, said the third boy. Mordechai was very happy to hear the words of the children. Haman saw Mordechai smiling and asked him, And exactly what are you smiling about? Today, after I sent out letters to get rid of all of you, the words of the little children make me very happy, answered Mordechai. Now Haman was really angry. Even the little children were not impressed or afraid of him. I am going to get rid of the children first, thought Haman. And then I will take care of Mordechai. Mordechai put on sackcloth and put ashes on his head. 
he went into the center of the city and cried out to Hashem. All the Yidin gathered around him. Why is this terrible thing happening to us, they asked. Because we have not kept all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Yidin should not have gone to the party of Achashverosh. But what should we do now, cried the people. Everyone must do teshuva. But the letters were already sent out to all the kingdoms. It is too late. It is never too late to do teshuva. And to have a bad plan changed by Hashem. Learn from the people of Nineveh. Remember when Yonah Hanavi came and announced that Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days? All the people did teshuva, even the king. They fasted for three days and three nights. They put on sackcloth and dab in Tashem. They returned all the things they had taken from other people. When Hashem saw they did teshuva with all their hearts, he saved their city at the last minute. Let us all learn from them and do teshuva with all our hearts. Just like they did, Mordechai himself did not wear regular clothes, but put on things made of coarse brown material to show that he was sad. Since these clothes do not look nice, no one wearing them was allowed to enter the gates of the king. Esther's maids came and told her that Mordechai was out in the streets dressed in these clothes and that he looked awful. Esther knew that something terrible must have happened because Mordechai was not the type of person who got easily upset. He always trusted in Hashem. What could possibly be wrong? She started to tremble. Then she sent out good clothes so that he could put them on and come into the palace quickly. Alicia could find out exactly what was the matter, but Mordechai would not take the clothes. Esther then sent her most trusted servant, Hasach, a Jew, to find out from Mordechai exactly what this was all about. Hasach had to be very careful that no one should see him talking to Mordechai because Haman had spies all over. Hasach walked through the streets and made it his business to accidentally meet Mordechai. Mordechai told Hasach about the wicked plan of Haman and gave him a copy of the letter Haman sent out so that Esther could see with her own eyes what had happened. Then he told Hasach to tell Esther she must go immediately to the king and ask that he not let this terrible thing happen. <coughs> that was the time for her to let Ahasuerus know that she was Jewish and that it was her people Haman wanted to wipe out. Esther sent back a message that it was impossible for her to go immediately to the king because there was a law that everybody knew which said that anyone who comes to the king without being called will be killed right then. The only way someone can be saved would be if the king stretches out his golden sword. Esther said she had not been called to the king for 30 days. If she goes now without being called, the guards might see her and kill her before she can even open her mouth to say anything. Mordechai sent back his answer to Esther. You must go now, he said. Hashem has promised that B'nai Israel will always be. If you do not go, Hashem will surely find a different way to save his people. But you and your family's name might be lost. B'nai Israel will be angry that you did not try to save them, and of course, Haman hates you because you were picked as queen instead of his daughter. Esther sent back her last answer to Mordechai. Don't think that I'm taking my time because I'm afraid to go. I am not afraid to go to the king. I am afraid that I might not be able to get the king to change his mind. I must plan everything very carefully. Haman must not have any idea that anything is happening. I must pretend to be his best friend. All the Yidin must not know that anything is being done or they might hope. I will help them rather than Davin Tashem. Gather all the people in Chushan. Everyone shall fast for three days and three nights. I will do the same. We shall 
I'll dive into Hashem, and in three days I shall go to the king. For three days all the people gathered together, fasted, gave tzedakah, did teshuvah, and dive into Hashem with all their hearts. Esther stayed in her room and did the same. For three days she sat on the floor, dressed in a gown of rough brown materials, and daven to Hashem. On the third day, which was the first day of Pesach, Esther went into, with, to her closet and picked out her most beautiful dress and robe, which was embroidered with pure gold threads and many precious jewels. She put it on together with her golden slippers. Finally, she put on her most expensive jewelry and the golden crown on her head. One maid walked on one side of her, and one maid walked on the other side of her. A third maid walked in back of her, holding her robe so it would not drag on the floor. Even though Esther had fasted for three days and was very weak, Hashem gave her special strength and made her flesh shine so that she looked more beautiful than ever before. As Esther entered the palace of Ahasuerus, she stopped to say one more tefillah to Hashem, that Hashem should be with her and save B'nai Yisrael. Then she entered the room where Ahasuerus sat. At first, Ahasuerush got very angry that anyone dare enter his room without being called. When Esther looked up and saw his angry face, she became very weak and had to lean on her maid. She was frozen in her place, unable to move, forward or backwards. Hashem gave Esther a special chayin, and that moment, then Ahasuerush stretched out his gold sword to her. Ahasuerush told Esther to come forward. He knew that if she came in this way against the law, there must be something very important on her mind. What do you want, Esther? Don't be afraid. I'll give you anything you want. Just don't ask me to allow the Jews to build their base on Mikdash, because that I can never do. I would like to King and Haman's come to a party that I have prepared for them. If the party is already prepared, we must come immediately. Guards, get hold of Haman and bring him to Esther's party. Esther served Haman and the king at the party, but she herself did not eat anything because she was still fasting. Haman stuffed himself and drank plenty of wine. Just think, he said to himself, I, Haman, have been invited to a party by none other than the queen herself. I am now second to the king in Shushan. Just wait until I tell Zarash and all my friends. Haman the Great. Ahasuerus tried to get Esther to eat and drink, but Esther said she was not feeling too well. Now Ahasuerus was concerned. Something must really be bothering you to go to all this trouble. Do you need more money? Are you in any trouble? Surely I can help you. I will do anything you ask as long as you don't ask about the base of Mikdash. No, answered Esther. I don't need money and I, you, don't, you need not to worry. To come, I won't ask about the base of Mikdash. All I want is for you and Haman to come to a party that I will make for you both tomorrow night. At that time, I will finally answer your questions of who am I? Haman left the party happier than he had ever been in his life. When Esther had first invited him, he was a little nervous that maybe she wanted to tell Hashirosh bad things about him, like Vashti did. But now the party was over and he enjoyed every minute of it. And on top of it all, he was invited to a party again in the next night. As he left the palace gate, singing and happy, he saw Mordechai sitting there at the end. And of course, Mordechai did not move. Suddenly, Haman became full of anger. What a terrible thing hatred is. Come back again tomorrow for more of the Prime Story. Thank you for listening to Jewish Bedtime Stories with R&R. Please come again.